Hello and welcome back to our daily devotional podcast. Today we want to talk about service as a commitment, a commitment to service as our purpose in life. A commitment to service as our purpose in life. Let's turn to Matthew chapter 24, verse 45 to 51. Matthew 24, 45 to 51. Let us pray. Father, we ask that you speak your truths to us. Teach us what it means to commit ourselves to others sacrificially, even when it costs us, that we may indeed live out our purpose, the purpose that you have intended for us. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Matthew 24, 45-51 Who then is the faithful and wise servant, whom the Master has put in charge of the servants in his household, to give them their food at the proper time. It will be good for that servant whose master finds him doing so when he returns. Truly, I tell you, he will put him in charge of all his possessions. But suppose that servant is wicked and says to himself, My master is staying away a long time, and he then begins to beat his fellow servants, to eat and drink with drunkards. The master of that servant will come on a day when he does not expect him, At an hour he is not aware of, he will cut him to pieces and assign him a place with the hypocrites, where there will be weeping and gnashing of feet. This is a very, very simple parable. Jesus talks about a servant who has been assigned to care for other servants. Notice that he is to serve other servants. That's his assignment. You know, it's so much easier to serve a master, to serve a superior, because we'll always be on our toes doing our best. But it's often different when we are called to serve another servant. But here, Jesus, the master commands that his servant take care of those he is in charge of, those under him. If the servant is good, He will take care of them. He will give them the proper food. He will watch over them. He will nurture them. He will be faithful to each of those placed under him. But a servant also could be a wicked one who then says, well, my master is going away for a long time. No one's going to look. Who will care? And when he does that, when he feels that way, then he decides that he can abuse his servants. He can uh, not bother about them, he could neglect them. Jesus says that while this servant thinks that the master is not coming back for a long time, the master may just spring a surprise on him and catch him neglecting his work. This parable has perhaps two lessons for us. The first is that God calls us to serve those placed under us. They're not our superiors, they're not even our equal, but they are placed under us and we are called to serve them. The second talks about commitment. It's a commitment to care for them, whether the master is coming back, whether anyone's looking or not. And we commit ourselves to serve them often at our cost. But did you know that serving others is a calling from God and it's one of the purposes for which we have been placed on earth. To serve is to live. 
that God created us to serve each other. Let's look at several passages. In Philippians chapter 2, verse 4, Paul says, Everyone should look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. Here is a rule from Paul, that each person must look to someone else's interests, other people's interests, not just to our interests. Paul again says in Galatians 6, verse 2, Carry one another's burdens in this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. Obeying Christ calls us to carry each other's burdens. And then in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24, the writer says, Let us watch out for one another to provoke love and good works. To watch out for one another. You see, the truth is that life is only meaningful when we are faithful to our charge, when we see ourselves as serving others, as watching over the interests, as taking care of others. In our world today, in our society, we often think of us first, serving my needs, looking out for myself. But you know, when you think about it, this is one of the main causes of meaninglessness in life. When we grow up and we think only for ourselves and only for our success and we move from rung to one rung to the next, at the end of the day, we find that life is just vanity. Life is just useless, a waste of time and meaningless. But if we were to grow up learning to serve each other, not only to serve each other, but serve each other committedly, we actually have a reason to live. I believe that this is one of the causes of the restlessness and meaninglessness of youth. That youth often find that life holds nothing for them. There is an ennui, the, the sense of nothingness, of meaninglessness in life. That's because so often we teach them that they must look after their interests first, they must do well in the exams, they must excel, sometimes even to the extent of sabotaging others, but they must be first. When we do that, we actually destroy our children's lives. So I say this to parents, whether your children are very young or children are teenagers, when you still have a chance, teach your children to care for others more than for themselves. <clears throat> I think I sh might have shared this story with you a couple of weeks ago, but <clears throat> let me just tell it again. When my wife and I were in charge of prison fellowship, six kids, my daughter being one of them, she, she gathered five kids. They were, they were only in sec one and very excited to start a children's uh, reading club for kids. But seeing that they were in sack one, we thought that maybe this was just a novelty, like having a new pet, having a new kitten or a puppy, and that they would soon lose their interest in it. <clears throat> and so we gave them one hard condition. We said that we would only allow them to start this reading club if they would promise that when things did not go well for them, for example, if there was a test on Monday, or that they were very tired after a hard day on Friday, that wind, rain or shine, or good health or bad health, a good day or bad day, whether there were tests or exams the next day or the day after, that they would still be there for the children. We told them this 
that when you make a commitment to these children, they depend on you. You cannot decide to come one day and not come another day. You cannot decide that when it's exam time, you just skip it because these children are more needy than you are, that you need to be there for them. If you are worried about your exams, how much more will these kids be worried about theirs? And so we said, only if you can promise that even through your exam period, you will be there for them week after week. Even when you're exhausted on Saturday and you feel like sleeping in, you will still push yourself to come and serve. Now, not many people uh, who run voluntary uh, organisations would do that for the volunteers. Generally, we would just say, well, come when you can and let's have a two-month commitment or one-month commitment and see whether you can do it. But I think we go too easy on our kids. When we were this hard to the kids, the kids took some time to think about it. And then they came back <coughs> and said, we will make this commitment. And make this commitment, they did. There were times when they were just exhausted on Friday night and Saturday felt like sleeping in. They still made it. And right through the exams, they came week after week without fail. You know, we taught our, these six kids very important lesson, that of commitment. And when they were committed to these kids, they didn't do any worse for the exams. In fact, they, they did far better because they made sure that they worked very hard so that that Saturday morning they would be there. But they weren't the only kids who did that. Remember last week I talked about this guy, Jacob, who came out from prison. He was placed in charge of, of the children's ministry. Well, he did the driving. He drove the kids early in the morning. From 7 o'clock, he would drive them so that they would be ready at the centre at 9. And then after the whole thing was over, he would drive them one by one back home and come back. But that commitment also helped him to see that he didn't have to be self-indulgent, go back to sin easily. These were people who learned what it meant to be committed. One is tempted to ask them, but we are only volunteers. We only do this and these kids, well, just helping them, you know. We are the ones making the sacrifice. So what's wrong with taking a break? The truth is that God calls us to be committed to those under our charge. Even when we feel that they are our inferiors, they are below us, and that we are just volunteers, we are not volunteers. We are people who have committed our lives to caring for them. It's important to teach that to our children. A sense of commitment to others, a sense of service to others. Not to give up, even when we're tired, even when we feel discouraged, even when we feel find something more exciting to do. That we make and keep a commitment to those under our charge. But you know, there are times when we may feel really stuck for example, you're caught right at this point, you have to care for your aged mother or your handicapped brother, and you feel very inconvenienced, disadvantaged. You wish you could do many other things. You wish you could serve God in many ways. But here you are, just stuck with this person. Let me assure you that giving your full commitment to that person, 
is all that God wants you to do and pleases God no end when you keep that commitment. One of my favourite lecturers in Trinity Theological College, Walter Hansen, he's a great writer, commentator for the book of Galatians. Uh, book of Galatians. But not only was he a very scholarly, wise man, he lived what he taught. When we saw him, when we interacted with him, spoke with him, he, was, he reflected Jesus. We wanted to know what his history was. This is what he told us. He said that he was, um, that his he had a sister who was severely, uh, mentally and physically handicapped. Basically, she couldn't move at all. She could barely. She couldn't talk. She was like a living vegetable since birth. His mother took care of her. She was a very talented, highly intelligent woman with great potential. But in those days, they didn't have maids and they also couldn't afford a nanny to take care of this girl, uh, this invalid girl. And so his mother committed her entire life to taking care of her. Because they had no maids, they had no one else to take care of her, she spent every moment with this girl. Waking hours, sleeping hours, she was there caring for Walter's sister. Walter saw in her a glimpse of Christ. He said he had, she, in all her ways she reflected Christ in her commitment to her daughter, in her love for the daughter, never once grumbling, caring for this girl who would amount to nothing because she, was, she continued to live her life like a vegetable. But the mother gave her life for her. Walter said, that he learned about life from his mother. Never once a resentment, never once a sense that she was wasting her time, or wasting her talents, or wasting her life. She did it because she loved this girl, and she saw it as God's assignment to her to spend the rest of her life watching, caring, nursing this girl. You know, Sometimes God places people in our lives and tells us, spend your life caring for them. And we protest and we feel, this is not good, this is a waste of my life. Pause and ask God if this is the one person that he's called you to be faithful to and to care for. Maybe you will discover that in so doing, you reflect the life of Jesus and you could impact many more lives. Walter's mother never knew that, she, that her son would grow up to be such a godly man who reflected Christ. And in his life, influenced many of our lives. She spent all her life with just one girl. Her impact to many lives was wide, was strong. There's one other thing that I've learned about this call this, pur this purpose of our lives to care for others. And it is that in a spiritual sense, in a spiritual realm, how we care for them, how we nurture them, how we pray for them, how we live for them, matters so much to them. There was a time in my life when I was working in a Christian drug rehab centre. 
I stayed with the residents and so I I lived in the centre um, from Sunday night to Saturday afternoon. So it's a bit like the army, Saturday afternoon I check out, go home and or go for a movie or enjoy myself and then Sunday night at 12 o'clock I would be back in the centre. And there were times when I was not careful with my life, I was careless, I succumbed to sin of all kinds. And I didn't, and then I neglected my men. I had six men under me whom I was supposed to mentor. And you know, life for these recovering addicts is a very harrowing one. Each time they go out, they face the same temptations. And often they get drunk, they go on drugs, they see prostitutes, they visit prostitutes. Sometimes they don't even come back. And what I noticed was a very uncanny coincidence that each time I did not watch my life and succumb to sin, many of these six would either get drunk, get high on drugs, run away, visit prostitutes, or do foolish things. But on the days when I, the weekends when I stayed holy, I, I stayed pure, and I stayed obedient to God, and what's more, I prayed for my charges. When I spent my weekend praying for my charges, they came back with wonderful stories of victories, wonderful stories of God's presence with them, of God's intervention. These coincidences were so too uncanny to be regarded as coincidences. I began to realize that in the spiritual realm, how I lived my life had a very profound impact on how those under me lived their lives even when they couldn't see me do it, even when they didn't know how I was living in the spiritual realm, it made all the difference. It woke me up to this great reality that as a shepherd, whether it's, whether it's a shepherd of five or ten or a thousand or several thousand, how I lived my life, how I cared for those under me made, had a profound impact on their lives as well. And so I say this to small group leaders, I say this to youth leaders, to Sunday school teachers. Sometimes it's not just the skill in teaching. Sometimes it's purely that God has placed people under your charge and has called you to serve them with your lives. Know then that as you serve willingly, even when you feel incompetent, that's not so important. But when you serve them willingly, caring for the welfare, most of all, holding them in prayer. And when you hold your own life as holy, as pure before God, wanting that God will also cause those under you to live godly, holy lives. That's such an important thing for you and for those placed under your charge. Never belittle your responsibility or the impact that you have on your charges. And so this is the challenge for you. I want you to take time now to ask God who has he placed under you that you may char be, take charge not to command their lives, not to direct their lives, but to feed them, to care for them to love them, to nurture them. It could be feeding them spiritually, it could be feeding them emotionally, 
You could be encouraging them, most of all nurturing them through prayer and through love. Ask God, has he placed people under you for that purpose? It could be your child, it could be your husband, your wife, your family. It could go beyond that too. The group that you meet once a week. Sometimes they could even be people whom you meet every day while waiting for the bus to pick up your kids. And there is a group of people whom God has called you to care for, to nurture. Surely God would have put people under you because that is one of the purposes of our lives. Ask God, who has he called you to serve, to nurture and to care for? And then starting today, start watching out for them, praying for them, caring for them, living for them. You will discover that there is a great purpose for your lives. But more than that, you will discover a great impact on their lives because you cared and you kept your commitment to care for them. Let us pray. Father, help us to recognize this profound truth that our purpose in life is to care for one another and that you have placed people under us that we might nurture, we might watch over, we might love, we will pray for and care for. Help us, Lord, to see who they are. And when, Lord, you have shown who these persons are, whether they are family members, whether they are strangers, whether they are our subordinates at work, when you have helped us to recognize this, then make us faithful to our charge. Help us to be committed to them through good times, through bad times, through times of great strength and energy to, through times of great weakness and tiredness. Teach us, Lord, to be faithful to our charge. Teach us also as parents how to train our children to also live for others and not for themselves alone. And not just to live for others as a novelty, but to live for the others with the commitment that they will be faithful to those in their charge. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well then, have a good Monday and a very good week ahead. God bless you. And goodbye.